you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. And welcome to episode 42 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And make sure to check out all the other podcasts available here on the Mash Those Buttons network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Make sure to get involved with In Orbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. And also make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. If you're an RSS person, make sure to check our out our RSS feed available on www.mashthosebuttons.com slash in dash orbit on today's show axis decides to offer us a little bit of a challenge in orbit in orbit iron banner is back to controlling the zones and it seems that you have to be a little clever to participate in crucible now and guardians who like fighting on football fields will have fun in this week's trials gazing at the first light so david how has your week been with regards to destiny my week has been pretty good. You know, Iron Banner has been fun. Um, I haven't actually attempted the challenge mode yet, but I've looked at a lot of stuff uh, with it. I've watched people do it, and, um, I, you know, I've done that mechanic before, so I'm really excited to go in and do the challenge mode, which I'll probably do sometime in the next few days. Uh, and then, you know, Trials this weekend has been a ton of fun because it is a nice breath of fresh air to not have shotguns breathing down my neck. As for me, this week has been pretty much on autopilot unfortunately but we'll go ahead and talk about that a little bit in the show um iron banner's been fun but it's brought up a lot of concerns in the community and i definitely want to talk about that but first let's talk about pve the axis challenge mode the challenge is you must activate the siva spot where the servitors would sacrifice themselves each time axis teleports and stun axis so you're doing the fight just like normal, except this time you have to worry more about the spots to get yourself get yourself supercharged, and also do the, everything that you normally do with axes. Now I've been mentioning this for weeks. I've guaranteed that the, that spot was going to be involved in the challenge mode. Lo and behold, it actually is the challenge mode. Wasn't that hard to figure out? But what? is becoming a bit of a challenge for a lot of people is getting down to communication with regards to you know getting the empowerments right one of the the methods that i've seen a lot of people do with regards to the empowerments has been this 
On the left side, you got one and two. You'll assign numbers out. In the middle, you got three and four. On the right is five and six. If somebody is empowered, let's say five, six, and one are empowered, whoever's the even number would be the one that moves. Whoever's the odd number would be the one that stays. And when it, when the person teleports, let's say two, three, and five get uh, get the empowerment, two would stay on their side, three would go into the middle, five would go on the right. That way you're kind of designating yourself for a specific spot while always having a backup for whoever needs to move around. That's one of the methods that I've seen people do. More than anything, though, I've seen a lot of people rip their hair off their head because they <laughs> just can't get the timing down and everything down with regards to the fight. Just playing, you know, playing it as if you've never heard of what this challenge mode's about or the, the fight. You got Axis right in the middle. He's staring at you. You got all these shanks coming at you as he's teleporting from side to side. Eventually people get empowered and then you got to move and get, get the spots. I've been able to do the challenge mode. But let me tell you, it was a practice, patience, and time. Yes, I went with that terrible pun. I'm sorry. I apologize to all of you. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it was it was a very interesting challenge, but I'm not sure it's one that people will be doing ever again. And it's just it's simply like this: you're not getting, you, you do get the double drop. But it might not be that beneficial. For example, Oryx, doing the Oryx challenge mode made the fight easier or it made it made it more organized, I should say. Yeah. Whereas. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, whereas this challenge, it's nice if you get an empowerment, but it's not essential. Right. So. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, no, I was just going to say the, the one thing, and we noticed this last week when we were talking about the Vostic challenge, is um, these challenge modes, more than the King's Fall challenge modes, there was a mechanic put into the raid, and that's the challenge. So we always had this mechanic here, and it was one of those like, well, you don't have to do it, but you can do it mechanics. And now with this challenge mode, it's very much, it's been there, but you, you didn't have to do the challenge. Yeah, so... I'm I'm just I'm a little concerned that a lot of people aren't going to be able to do the challenge. It has nothing to do with Bungie not designing it right. It has nothing to do with it not being correct or anything. It just seems to be that a lot of people are going to have problems with the communication. And that's what I've encountered with some of my squads where it just was not working because the communication, not so much saying I'm on the right, I'm on the left. It's just the, the proper communication wasn't there. So, and go ahead, David. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Uh, no, I was going to say, so do you think that's good or bad? That challenge mode is now kind of a more exclusive thing. It is good because it, 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 it exposes people to more, to, to, want to be more about the team and to try to develop a proper communication. Uh, as I mentioned, that one method, it makes it really easy to figure out what's going to be happening. 
And rather than saying, I'm on left, I'm on right, or whatever, if you just say five, it's easy. It's like, okay, five is on the right. I already know that. Three is in the middle. Four is in the middle. You kind of already know what's going on there. Whereas if you, that way you don't have to worry about going into the, to the right spots. So let's say you hear two, three, five, you know all zones are covered. If you hear one, two, five, then whoever's two, whoever's the even person, they know they got to be the one that moves. Right. So, yeah. So it just, it, it's just all about developing your own communication, I guess. Because that number system, that's something that we did for Golgoroth. So immediately, when I, when I heard that, that strategy, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because in Golgoroth, we did the same, t- same thing. I'm one, you'll be two, you'll be three, four, five, six. And that's the order that will take the, the gaze from him. Right. And um, I, I guess my thing is, you know, I'm kind of happy that this challenge mode is now a challenge and it's not an easier way to do the raid because it, it now kind of justifies the word challenge um, more this one than Vosik. Vosik was obviously just throwing the balls at the wall, which we all were like, yeah, that's it's nothing really. But this one does kind of justify the use of the word challenge now. And um, I'm OK if it's kind of more of a elite thing i i know like i don't want to you know preach the elitist way but it, it kind of makes it more reminiscent of trials where it's that that one thing for just the elite pveers to really do and it's going to be a lot harder for groups on lfg to do it which i understand the perspective of people complaining about that because everybody obviously wants to do the challenge and get the ornaments and the extra loot and stuff but at the same time you know maybe there does need to be that thing in pve that is truly obtainable only by the elite and and even then elite is a strong word because you can easily do this with a group that knows how to properly communicate i honestly believe that and i think that there will be a lot of people who will get this challenge easily because they can easily communicate with their squad and and be able to they have their own system and then there there'll be teams that even though they play with with the same people the uh, the hundreds of times it just doesn't work for them so you you absolutely have to develop a system that works right for you and i hope that 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 that, that people just learn what communication really is all about. This is what this game is trying to strive for. And I think that the challenge, this challenge is is a perfect personification of what I expected the challenges to be for this raid. I still, I kind of was hoping when I heard about challenge mode the first time, and this is, I'm talking about back in King's Fall, that it changed the fight completely. Maybe like, for ex- as we were talking about the show months ago, a taken version of the War Priest. All of a sudden, Golgoroth has something that he's doing throughout the fight so that you can't just hide and just fire at the enemies as they're coming down towards you. Oryx changes into something kind of like a taken Oryx or whatever. Just something that, that changes the fight drastically rather than the same version of the fight. And you could activate it, for example... There's a totem that you can see that you can offer, put an offering there. That would have been cool, in my opinion. I'm not saying that every single thing has to be done the way I want, but I'm just saying I was hoping that there would have been 
some drastic changes. Not that this isn't a drastic change. This is basically dictating how you have to do the whole damage sequence. And that's cool. But I just hope in the future, when they implement more challenge modes, which I, we, we, I was going to save this for later, but I hope that they go back and add challenge modes to the old raids and maybe even uh, Skolas. Just something different. Because I think the challenge modes are fun and they allow for a lot of experimentation and changing things up. And I just, uh, I, I, I was hope, I, I hope in the future they change challenge mode into be something more drastic. But I really, really do enjoy this challenge mode. I think it's a testament to team skill, team strategy, team communication. And if those that have the communication down, get this done pretty easily. Those that don't will struggle again and again and again. So. Yeah, and uh, what what you're saying about the old raids, like I totally agree that um, there is an opportunity for them if they bring back the old raids to put challenges in it, and I do hope that they're along this line of challenge. And going back to what uh, you responded to me saying immediately about communication and the elite thing, in my mind, if you can communicate through challenges like this, then I do consider your team elite. Even if you're not a one percenter who plays hundreds of hours a week, if if you can. Um, complete the challenges like this then i consider you to be an elite player per se um i'm I'm not restricting that elite status to just people who play all the time and that's the only people i think should be able to complete the challenge if you're a good enough pve or you have a good enough group to complete these then then you obviously earned it and kudos to you Mm -hmm. so the next thing i kind of want to talk about before we go deep into crucible corner is that there is a new emblem Available for Guardians who stream for 77 non-consecutive hours on Twitch. It looks really, really nice. If you have a chance, check out the uh, This Week at Bungie. Of course, as always, we'll put the links in the show notes. But I am really, really wanting to have this uh, emblem. It looks really, really cool. And I don't know. Did you take a look at it, David? Yeah, I did. Um, I t- I mean, everyone knows I stream, so I'm totally going to be going for this emblem. And uh, at first, when I saw this, I thought it was 77 consecutive hours. So, oh so <laughs> that was it was you sent me the picture and I read it wrong and I was consecutive. And I was like, man, are, are we going to do this? And you were like, yeah, totally. And I was like, holy crap, like I, I have to prepare for this. <laughs> nah, nah, you don't have to prepare as much. Yeah, so the 77 non-consecutive hours on Twitch, you get a nice emblem. You just have to link the Twitch account to your Bungie account. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That, that, that was the only other news that was in this week at Bungie. So let's go ahead and go into David's favorite section, Crucible Corner. Ooh, this yeah. week, we got Iron Banner. Hooray. Before we talk about the actual event, though, let's talk about the rewards. Everybody's fighting for Clever Dragons, which is the fastest firing pulse rifle archetype, and the slivered or Silver Dread, which is a mid-rate of fire machine gun. Think of your zombie apocalypse. It's the same archetype right there. As for armor, you're fighting for chest and legs. And if you're getting the end of game drops, in addition to that stuff I just mentioned, you're getting artifacts, ghosts, ships, two shaders, 
and two emblems. I finally was able to get two of the, the two shaders. And I got one of the two emblems. I still have to get the other one. But those that's what you're pretty much going for, this Iron Banner. Different from the first Iron Banner of year three is that there's no additional quest line this time. There's no additional story. Uh, and the ranking only allows you to purchase the items. So it's kind of like how Iron Banner was in year one, where you would fight to be able to purchase the items. And each bounty that you get, the weekly bounty, gives you a chance for a random legendary Iron Banner item. So with regards to the actual reward system, not the event itself, I kind of want to discuss a couple things because I completely understand RNG. But man, have I gotten a lot of the sli the Silver Dreads, very little of the Clever Dragons. And I know some people have gotten a whole bunch of Clever Dragons and not many of the Silver Dreads, or chest or legs. It's It's been weird. It, it the, the drop rate for me anyway has been almost 70% Silver Dreads, a couple boots, or 10 to 20% boots, 10% Pulse Rifles. And then the rest, the uh, the chess piece, or the, yeah, the point two percent left. Yeah, whatever's left. It's just been very, very small amount of chess piece and pulse rifle, but a whole bunch of heavies. And I already have all my heavies at four hundred, and I've gotten a whole bunch of artifacts too. Just like I, I, this is the complete opposite of what we had at the beginning of year three, where we had absolutely no way to get artifacts. Now you can get artifacts from just like looking at somebody. He's like, here, have an artifact. Yeah, it's been, I, I've had some similarly skewed drop rates. Um, at, at this point, I've, I've played the bounties on two of my characters and I got one of my characters while doing the bounties up to rank four. So I haven't played in a, a ton. I'm going to be playing a bunch more tomorrow and Monday before I do some nighttime trials. But um, at this point, I've gotten, I got one of the shaders, but I already had one from last time, so that one can't drop for me again. I haven't even seen any of the emblems. I didn't actually know those were a drop. Um, I have mainly gotten cryptic dragons, and then a few, wait, I just call it the cryptic dragon, the clever dragon, um, and then a few of the machine guns. I've only gotten one chest piece and no legs. And I've kind of noticed, and you're not the only person who's mentioned this, because some of the people who I've played with, it basically seems like everybody has one of the drops that's really dropping for them. And for some reason, the other stuff isn't. And I don't know if that's something in the RNG coding, but it's, it's just kind of weird that it's kind of a coincidence that's occurring to everybody. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I've been noticing is uh, I've gotten a lot of the same stuff from the bounties. For example, on the one character, I got two of the auto rifles, uh, the, the unbent tree. One, I want to say it was the class item, and I think a helmet. And then the other character got the hand cannon, a ridiculous roll on the hand cannon, which when when you get in the game, I kind of want to show you, but it it was just what? I'm not sure how to, how to really deal with this. and. <laughs> Helmets, it, it just seemed like I was getting duplicates again. And I'm not sure... It, I'm not sure if it's the same RNG system that's in the end of game rewards because it just seems like I'm getting a... I got another auto rifle again from, from on the other character. 
it just seems weird that I'm getting a lot of the same stuff. And I, I completely understand. RNG, you don't know what you're going to get. So whatever they give you, enjoy it. But it just seems a little weird that I've I've gotten a lot of the same stuff. I kind of, me personally, if I'm looking at the, the bounties, I would make one of them or two of them armor, two of them weapons. That way you're guaranteed to get at least one with two weapons, so two Jorge, armors. I'm going to yeah. cut you off real quick there. There actually are two armor and two weapon bounties. What do you mean? There are, t- there are two bounties that reward weapons and two bounties that reward armor. Are you sure about that? Yes, because I paid attention to it earlier when I was doing the bounties on one of my characters. Because all, all the bounty actually says is legendary armor or, or, or le- legendary item. I thought I am. Mm, so I guess I would have to check then, but I'm pretty sure when I was looking at it earlier, two of them said legendary weapons. The other might have said legendary item. But I know two of them specifically said legendary weapons, and it's the ones that take a little bit longer. It's the um, game points one, so like winning is 10 and completion is 5, and then the points with weapons, I want to say, maybe is the legendary weapon one. And then the other two I'm pretty sure are legendary armor. But what's funny with you mentioning getting repeats is I've actually gotten helmets for all my characters multiple times this iron banner and last iron banner and i swear mm-hmm. to you that is the only thing dropping me for me from legendary armor stuff is helmets yeah i've gotten lots of lots of armors or lots of helmets um not so many of the other armors which is weird i'm not i'm not sure why uh again i will verify this we'll we'll discuss this on the next uh podcast but it just seems like for me I, on one character i've gotten a helmet and then three three weapons. So I'm not sure. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. I might have been looking at it wrong. We'll 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 verify it and discuss next week. But it just seems that the reward systems offer a lot of duplicates, and I'm not sure what to really do with regards to that. Because at the same time, while it is RNG, you kind of don't want to be dealing with the same thing over and over and over. Again. Yeah, I think the the one positive to look at is you know in the future that the guns and armor you haven't gotten, you'll be able to get from um, the Iron Banners, especially because of how good the drop rates are now. Hopefully they stay this way. But at the same time, I understand everybody not wanting to wait. But at least if you're waiting, there's something for you to come back to Destiny 4. Mm-hmm. Destiny Year 4, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, Destiny 4, jeez. Anyway, David, why don't you go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons? Well, Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. All right, and now we're going to be talking about the actual event itself, the actual PvP event, Iron Banner Control, and as I've been calling it this week, the Clever Control. So, David, how has your experience been with the actual event? Well, um, it's it's been good. I mean, there have been a ton of Clever Dragons. Like you said, it is definitely Clever Control. And uh, the one thing that really gets me about it is team shooting against that thing like you lose if there are two of those things shooting at you you're going down 
And I mean, I don't really have a problem with that. It's easily countered. Um, good hand cannons are countering it. I mean, I've been running around with last word and killing it. Um, it, in comparison to the last one where we played supremacy, there are definitely less shotguns, but, um, snipers are still pretty absent compared to how they have been in the past, which is, you know, saddening to me because I love snipers, but I've been sniping and I have no problem doing good with a sniper. It's just still in the current meta of the game. You really have to use a primary that can counter a shotgun if you're not going to use a shotgun or a fusion rifle because of the fact that shotguns are still very prevalent, even in control. But um, going back to control, which is the original Iron Banner game mode, has been very refreshing. It's always a good time. You know, I can play it for hours on end. It basically fits the game mode I was raised on, which was Domination Call of Duty. So it's always a good time for me. Um, I really haven't had a problem with Clever Dragons, even though, like you said, there are a ton of them. With regards to Clever Dragon, I I, I kind of wanted to touch on Clever Dragon itself because it, it definitely... Them putting Clever Dragon in the game was a reaction to the community not having real access to the fastest firing pulse rifle. And this was due to, in year two, the only fastest firing pulse rifle that you could get was, um, oh, the Grasp Malak. There were no other alternatives. There wasn't anything real. Yes, you had the Hawksaw archetype, which did very well, but the Grasp of the lock was a dominating, absolutely filthy gun that could destroy you very, very quickly. I think it has the same, almost the same time to kill that the original Doctrine of Passing had. So it could compete. I mean, this weekend I had a couple encounters where I was up against somebody who had last word and I outgunned them several times. Yeah. At a pretty at a pretty close range. So if it's doing that much damage where I can outgun well not damage, I'm sorry. If I'm able to outgun a last word or to get in a position for that I'm successful against the last word, that calls into question certain things about the gun. Not so much that it's in a bad spot, but it goes back to what we mentioned before, where I believe that they really need to update the sandbox with regards to range and range isn't what we think it in terms of range because i i was seeing like i would turn the corner and i felt like i was getting taken out by an auto rifle and i'd see where they killed me at and it's getting ridiculous you can just keep uh preaching the buffing of my hand cannons all you want i'll just sit here and listen and be very happy <laughs> So, with regards to, to Clever Dragon, I, I we've been talking about it on the show. The, they need to look at each archetype individually. Not just gun type, but each archetype individually. And this is one of them right here. I don't mind it outgunning me at a mid-range, or, or close to mid-range. What I would say, 5 to 15 to 20 uh, meters, or what is it? Anyway... 15M. <laughs> whatever the, whatever method that they use in game. You, you know what I'm talking about, right, David? I do, yep. So, whatever that range is, it should be an effective weapon because you are in pulse rifle range. This is one of those guns that actually dominates rushing shotgunners, and that's a good counter right there. 
and it's unfortunate that it's the only one that can really counter a shotgun in the in, in the appropriate range. It's a shame what they did to, to Doctrine of Passing because be, when they nerfed that, you couldn't counter a rushing shot. You can't counter a rushing shotgunner as effectively as you previously could. Can you? Yes, still. Yes, yes, you absolutely can. But it's not as... It's not as much of a punishment for deciding to get into somebody's face by rushing it. Now, with regards to the range, just I'm taking people out from what should be scout rifle range. I'm talking about 50 meters and beyond, where they're just looking the other way. Normal Clever Dragon does about 24 to the head per bullet. At a good range, at 50 range, I'm doing about 22 to the head, 21 to the head. So it's only two ticks lower. So overall, six ticks lower uh, per uh, pulse shot. That's that's not that much. No, it's not. And um, 20, uh, it's 22 to the head. So uh, you'll still kill a low armor person at that distance in three bursts. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean, here's my thing. I don't think that um, the Clever Dragon is OP. I don't think Grasp of Malik is OP or anything like that. I'm not going to say those need to be nerfed. I think everything needs to be brought in line kind of with that archetype because uh, that's got the, the might of time to kill. That has the last word in good condition time to kill, which are very good time to kills. And I and it's, it's that 0.8 second time to kill that's... Um, that's sought after, I think, by when you're looking for a great roll on a gun. And I don't think we need to bring guns down from that because then you run into the problem of being able to counter shotguns effectively. I think we need to bring other stuff up to it. And um, I don't know if you saw it. There was um, a post on the Bungie forums about uh, bringing all the old guns back to their glory. The person who had posted wanted Soros brought back to its max. Um, Last Word and Thorn brought back to their max. That way we would have all the guns performing at their best at the same time. And Cosmo actually replied to it and said, hey, like, this is an awesome idea. We love hearing your ideas. What does everybody else want to hear? And if you go look at this post, there's tons of responses to Cosmo. And they all are really great ideas on how to balance the Crucible. So obviously they're listening. And I'm sure we'll see an update soon. I expect to see a Crucible update with um, uh, Sparrow Racing League. But I do think that it's important when we get that update that cryptic or cryptic dragon. Come on, I'm stuck in the crucible gun ways. The clever dragon should not be brought down. Other guns need to be brought up to it. Absolutely. Um, I honestly believe that if we went back to the auto rifle meta, that was the the year one meta before the first nerf, and only introduced the range. Like making range important because I, I completely understand Suros being effective at a range when you have focus fire. Focus fire is useless in PvP for the most part. Like you, you want the spin up perk. Like I, I almost never use Suros, but when I did in in Crucible, I would I would use the spin up perk. It's sad that I rarely use Suros anymore, and. It used to be, I remember the first time I ever got it, I was like, oh my god, I actually got a Seraphon! I was freaking out, because that was the gun that you wanted to have. 
that and Vex Mythoclass at its original strength. Oh god. It's oh. strength for one week. It was it was a good two weeks before they nerfed the hell out of that, but let me tell you. Oh man, it survived two whole weeks. Oh. It was absolutely it's a three it was a three shot kill. It was ridiculous. Oh my god. Which of you don't have one or have never used one because you haven't done Vault of Glass? Three shots basically is this. Do do do. Oh, you killed someone. Oh man. Uh, if you ever want to look at video of that, I highly recommend that you go on YouTube and look at old school Vex Mythoclast videos. It's some of the funniest things you see, you'll see, you ever see and just say, yeah, that was broken. Um, but I honestly believe that Suros with Focus Fire, that, that archetype, that was a fun archetype. For the most part, it was pretty balanced. They just needed to introduce the the range, uh, a range reduction to make them appropriate for Crucible, and that's the unfortunate thing that because there was never that range, uh, the, the appropriate range nerf or whatever you want to call it, it made those guns super overpowered. I mean, you were firing Suros from scout rifle range it was ridiculous yeah that was the problem is with focus fire soros did become a scout and it used to it was like 43 or 44 or something like that to the head and you could do that at scout rifle distances so like you're saying i agree with you completely if they had brought down the range of soros maybe brought down its damage a little bit so it was only doing like 40 to the head on each shot um that gun would be in line and um there's always been big pushes for um you know, the hand cannons to return because as much as people hated them, I never had a problem with the time to kill on last word and thorn. Cause you'd only get the best time to kills in extremely ideal circumstances. Um, maybe thorns, um, dot was a little too much, but, uh, I mean, I don't want to go into a full balanced talk right now, but the one last thing I do want to say about it is, um, true Vanguard put out a really good video on what he would do to the meta. Um, I know you you said you didn't agree with him a whole lot, correct? Mm, correct. Yes. Uh, I I I'll, I'll link the video in the show notes. I personally I don't agree with some of the stuff that he's talking about because what he wanted to do was bring the, the snipers back up and I think that they're actually in a good spot right now. The problem isn't that the that, that, that snipers are in a bad spot. The problem is everything else is so is at such a high level with regards to shotguns and the pulses that it makes sniping very, very difficult because one wrong, one wrong move uh, because you were just pushed into the wrong spot, shotgun closes the gap and you're dead. So it's, it's the shotguns. Here's the problem with shotguns. The, the, The problem with shotguns isn't their range. Currently shotguns are actually in a weirdly good spot. And I know people are like, are you insane? The problem is that the other specials are just in a weirdly bad spot. Snipers are in the, in the perfect position. I don't care what True Vanguard says. Like, there's no reason, no reason that a sniper should be an up-close weapon. It's, it's a long-distance weapon. And his argument being that it's that the maps aren't designed for that or that this game isn't designed for that. You can't change something that the, that functions in every other game the same way because it doesn't, because in this game it doesn't work that because it's not like that. That's not the appropriate solution. 
Um, the, appro- the appropriate solution is you got to move things around. You got to you got to possibly change the the game, or or, or I don't know. It's, it's just I didn't like his his response with regards to sniper. We'll as I mentioned, we'll include it in the show notes so you guys can take a look. I personally don't agree with a lot of the stuff. There is a lot of good points in there, but with regards to snipers, which was the biggest thing. I just don't agree with rebuffing something that was way too strong. So here's my thing. I actually am the complete 180 from you. I agree with what he says wholeheartedly, and I'll make the case right now. Um, snipers were in a very good spot, and I know people thought they weren't, and I know, like you're saying, snipers shouldn't be used in close quarters combat and stuff, but I disagree completely. And the reason why I disagree is because snipers were a very good counter to shotguns. What people forget is shotguns didn't get buffed recently. There is nothing that got buffed in shotguns that made them now the dominant part in the meta for specials. The only thing that happened was snipers got nerfed. And it's because snipers were a super good counter to shotguns if you knew how to use them effectively and knew how to use them up close. Um, Sniping... Yes, I understand that Bungie is saying they want it to be long distance, and you're saying snipers should be long distance gun, but this isn't Battlefield. This is a game where you can cover 50 meters, the ideal long distance kill ratio, according to Bungie, in a second flat. And in games like that, all your guns need to be able to perform at close ranges. And what they've done now is they've hurt snipers to the point where snipers can no longer be competitive at that close ranges like they used to be able to. And it really dampens from the widening choice of special weapons because you're essentially bottlenecking people into using a certain gun because of how your game plays. You shouldn't be changing your game around the guns in your game. You should be changing the guns in your game around the the game itself. And I understand that in other games, snipers are supposed to be purely long distance guns. But this isn't a game like that. This is a very fast-paced, very close quarters game. Bungie's made it very clear that that's how they want this game to be played, through movement and through balancing of certain guns. So that's how they need to balance their weapons all, all across the board. They don't need to balance parts to be close quarter guns. All of them need to be able to be played at all distances, or you're going to run into situations where we have right now where only shotguns are being used because it's the only gun that is purely dominant at that range. And you need all guns to be able to compete at that style of range. And yes, there are guns that should be better at long distances. Snipers and scouts should be better at long distances. But at the same time, they need to be able to compete in your game. And your game is 95% close quarters. See, but let's look at the nerfs that that were going on for snipers. And I know we kind of got off the topic with regards to Clever Dragon, but this is all tied into Clever Dragon. With regards to snipers, the only nerfs that happened were they pushed zoom out a little bit more. They have a little bit more recoil or um, what is it, flinch. And that was pretty much it. And they slowed the... the the, So they um, zoomed it in more, not uh, it was the opposite. I I think you just misspoke, but it's they zoomed it in more. So it's not as wide of a range of view in a sniper scope. Um, And the um you were going to talk about the ads that they added and um like to you 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 don't snipe that much um and this may be coming out of me just because i snipe a ton and if that is um that does kind of put a certain bias on my view but the 
few frames that they made it take longer to scope in make a huge difference. It's the difference between stopping a shotgunner and not stopping a shotgunner, which is why the scenario I was talking about where snipers used to be a great counter to shotguns and now they're not is really happening. When you watch some of the best players play now, instead of scoping all the way in to try and take out a shotgunner and then switching to their primary, they're just no scoping or doing kind of a half scope and not going in all the way because there's no longer that few seconds time that you had to scope all the way in. And that's kind of been the biggest hurt, in my opinion, to snipers. It was those few seconds that they added. And the the flinch, I'm okay with the flinch because I understand that they want to stop um, hard scoping down a hallway. And that's what the flinch has done. I'm okay with that. The flinch, it, you can learn to manage it. The only thing I don't like about the flinch is things where like cryptic... God dang it, I did it again with cryptic dragon. The clever. clever dragon um, at a... Um, a uh, scout rifle range will give you the same flinch as it does up close. That's not okay to me, uh, but that still comes down to their problems with ranges and balancing. Uh, but it, in my opinion, and we, we can disagree on this, and um, that's fine. It's just I think snipers need to be able to play close quarters, and all they need to do is remove those changes that they've made, those few changes, the scoping in time, um, especially, and the view uh within the scopes i don't even care that they took down the damage to um thousand yard stare i don't even care if they take down body shot damage even more if they were to do this and they make it so you have to go for the head it's just snipers need to be able to perform in scenarios that fit your game and that if they're going to be keeping being nerfed like this they're not going to be able to fit in those scenarios I just think that the bigger problem isn't so much because here's the, here's the situation. We've discussed shotguns and we've discussed snipers and that snipers were a good counter to shotguns and vice versa. The problem isn't that it's the problem is that you also have two other gun types with regards to special that almost never get used. And that, that, that was always the, the one thing that I could, I could say was, okay, the counter to shotguns was not snipers, but was fusion rifles because they performed at mid-range. Fusion rifles right now are in a weird spot. They're the best that they've been since before the first nerf, but they're still not good enough. And part of it is the spread. Part of it is that there's a lot of... I don't want to say everything's ghost bullets, but there's there, there's times where I'm firing... S- Every time you fire, there's seven bolts and nothing, co- and and they all fire, but it doesn't feel like any of them hit. Where only like two of them hit, and I'm not sure what that's all about. But it's very, very strange that I know that I fired my shots right at the car- at the guy, none of them hit, or only one or two hit. Right, and, and um, then, continue. And it just it it it, it defeats the purpose of engaging that in those mid-range game game types where you have a fusion he has a shotgun you you should theoretically win if you have your aim down right and because the game didn't register that that engagement didn't go so and then sidearms it, it they're also weird because part of me wants them to be primaries and i understand why they're not primaries they're made to complement your your primary, whatever that may be. 
But at the same time, it just feels like they're so inconsistent where I know I'm firing at it. And, and I don't know if it's because of Bloom, but I know I'm firing and I know I'm aiming right at the character and I'm and, and it should be hitting, but it doesn't. And then all of a sudden I've emptied my entire 12 round mag to kill somebody. And it should never be like that where it takes all 12 shots to kill somebody. Right. And so what I was going to say is um, with regards to the other two specials, uh, they've always kind of been in weird places. Uh, I mean, fusion rifles were very good at the beginning, especially um, certain fusion rifles, like the one whose name I'm forgetting right now, but you got out of an exotic bounty. Uh, what was it called? Wait, are you, are you talking about the... Um... The infinite shooting fusion rifle. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the thing with fusion rifles and sidearms is sidearms are... Sidearms are always going to be in a different place um, than shotguns or snipers in these conversations because uh, they don't get one-shot kills. And that's that's a very big distinction between the um, shotgun sniper fusion and the sidearm. And it, it makes them, like you said, very interesting. They almost feel like they should be primaries, kind of a super fast firing hand cannon per se, but they're not going to be. They're always, they're going to stay a special. And um I'm not sure they really need to be buffed. If you actually use them and use them well and use the right ones with good rolls, you can kill people really fast. It's it's last word time to kill. And they're good if you use them and get good with them. Uh, one of the people who I play with a lot is swears by the dregs promise. I don't know how or why, but he does. And uh, he he's great with it. He, he will carry through rounds and trials with the dregs promise. And it's all about finding the guns that are good. Uh, with regards to fusion rifles, um, I don't... So, see, here's the thing. Saladin's Vigil is a really good fusion rifle when you get a good roll with it. It almost feels OP at the ranges you die at. But I think that's just because other fusion rifles are bad. And I honestly wish that all fusion rifles performed similar to Saladin's Vigil because in my mind, out of all the fusion rifles I've used at least, that is the only fusion rifle that performs consistently at a pretty good range um, and performs in a way that I think fusion rifles should. Mm -hmm. I, I it, it was the one fusion rifle that made me put aside my Hitchhiker, and you already know how effective I was with Hitchhiker. So. I, 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 I completely agree with you for the most part on fusion rifles. I still think that there's moments, too many moments, that pop up too frequently in Crucible where it just passes right through somebody. Where I know that that should have been a kill, or, for example, where I know that the, it's about to fire, and then a shotgunner kills me and none of the bolts fire out, which is another thing that annoys me, too. Which whenever you whenever you die, but you've you've fired out the fusion shot, none of the shots come out at all. So you'll get the shots out with the sniper. You'll you'll get the shot out with a shotgun. You won't get the shots out with a fusion rifle. But yeah. let's let's gear the conversation back to Dreg the to clever dragon because we've gotten way too far off the path. Um, yeah, I I just believe that this is opening up a lot of stuff with regards to the game. That I'm not sure if it was by if it was an accident. Part of me thinks it's it was intentional by design, because then this gives them data on how to. I want to say properly 
balance the Crucible, not for not so much for Destiny One, as in everything up to now, but for Destiny Two, because it it was just kind of weird that there was there were none of these these variations in gun types and archetypes, and then all of a sudden all of the archetypes are available, everything's available, and the gun types that everybody was like, this is the desirable one. Oh, here you go. You can have it, and yeah. it's the a, a very very the the one the one that that um what's her name uh, effort he is selling is an absolutely ridiculous role. Well, I think Perfect. that's that's just because everything she's selling and has been selling this entire year from Iron Banner is ridiculous. Mostly, uh, the auto rifle wasn't that good last last time, nor was the. Oh, what was the second gun that she was selling last last time? Last time was the shotgun. The shotgun wasn't that good either. That's true, but I mean, this time the pulse rifle's insane. The the machine gun rolls really good, and all the armor rolls have been fantastic. If you want tier twelve, just buy Iron Banner gear. Yep, I completely agree. So yeah, with regards to the clever dragon, I think it was more by design so that they can learn about. What makes these guns so good? Because it, it it does open up. There's a lot of clever dragons in this in this current meta right now, and they are outperforming the grasp from a lock in some cases, uh, because of just simply the rolls that you can get, and because it's more common to get a clever dragon than a grasp from a lock. So, I I, I think this is going to help Bungie balance the Crucible out that there's so many out there. And I really hope that they don't nerf the damage. Not always is damage nerfing a good thing. You want to nerf the range and put them in spots that they're supposed to be effective. I know this is going to sound weird, but I've come to the conclusion, in my opinion, that hand cannons need to be buffed in the 0 to 5 meter range in terms of damage. To help them compete against shotguns. And I know this is going to sound weird to a lot of people. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I would personally make hand cannons do 125% of their damage. Oh, I think I think a two shot from the lowest rate of fire hand cannon is perfectly reasonable from zero to five meters. Right. And then then go back to normal damage from, from five meters on out. And but I think that there needs to be. There needs to be a way to counter the rushing shotgunners, not by nerfing the shotgun, but by giving incentives to other guns. Because right now, shotguns are way too strong, but a single nerf would just completely throw the, the archetype or the gun type out of the way. And that's not that's not balance. That's just that's just nerfing for the hell of it. Right. I really hope whenever they do this next um, Crucible uh, balance that we honestly see no nerfs because I don't think there's anything right now that really needs to be nerfed besides tracking grenades because those kind of need to follow you a little less but they haven't touched them in forever so I don't think they're going to touch them but gun wise I don't think there's anything that needs to be nerfed I think some things need to be brought up to bring stuff into balance but I'm tired of seeing nerfs I'm tired of Bungie just making everything slower because movement rate is fast and gun speeds shouldn't get slower with every single crucible update and you know i i i just hope that that's kind of the philosophy they take 
because I don't think Clever Dragon is OP. Like I said, I think it is a great gun with optimal time to kill. And I think that's how all guns should be balanced. Correct. If anything, use Clever Dragon's most of most of Clever Dragon's stats as a way to balance the other guns. The only thing that Clever Dragon needs to do is it cannot be outperforming scout rifles. That's that's like at 50, 50 meters on out or even like snipers, like way out. For example, you know uh, A on, um, what is it called? Your favorite map. Uh, Rusted Lands? No. Uh, Rust- I don't know. The other one on Earth uh, in, in the European Dead Zone. Oh, uh, Widow's Court. There you go, that one. I don't know why I'm... I'm old. I'm sorry, <laughs> people. I forget things, so every so often I'll turn to the younger guy for assistance. And Anyway, so as I get off my crutch and walk over onto my um, wheelchair, because I'm old. Anyway, on Widow's Court, from A, I'm shooting down to the guy who's sniping from that spawn point over by Heavy, and I'm easily outgunning him with a clever dragon. And that's that's a little too much. Like that's way too strong. Uh, uh, that's too much range. If if he had a scout rifle and he's gutting me and I die because I'm I decided to engage him at that range, that's my fault. I should not be doing that. But the fact that with a pulse rifle, I mean, hell, when you're on vertigo over at Mercury and there's a sniper over by the. Uh, by the, the teleporter and you're on one of the two spots a or c you're easily taking them out from that range and i'm not saying that it, it needs to do absolutely no damage but like it needs to go the damage needs to drop off greatly at a certain range no i agree i think that the final thoughts that can basically sum up all of our discussions anytime we talk about crucible balance is range drop off needs to be way more severe and get rid of bloom because that's not the way to fix range. Correct. Let's go ahead and talk real quick about Trials of Osiris, which this week they decided to go to First Light. If you don't know what First Light is, chances are you weren't here in the beta or you just haven't experienced it in a while. First Light is the map on the moon. Very, very large, very wide. And I understand why Bungie did it, but man, are people salty because... Two weeks ago, when we had spooky trials, a lot of people didn't like having no radar, radars, no revives. Then last week, there was no radar, no revives. And now this week, you got the biggest possible map ever. For Well, not that's not true. But the biggest map ever for Trials of Osiris as of this time. And people are getting really salty. Crafty is... Ooh, he started teabagging people and getting really upset, really salty. And a lot of people got turned off by that. So I know he's on edge. I know a lot of other streamers are not happy with uh, First Light. But at the same time, I'm just like, this is definitely a product of private matches. It wasn't until private matches that people started doing First Light with, um, what is it? With Speeders and Rift and playing Quidditch? Exactly. No, so so my thing is this. the past two weeks have been very interesting for trials. We had spooky, spooky trials. We had no radar, no revives, and a lot of people complained. Um, I loved it the first week. I wasn't a huge fan in the second week because I found a lot more people just camping in corners. 
But I, you know, I still played some. And then when I didn't want to play anymore, I just didn't play because it's just one weekend. I cannot play. Um, this weekend, I love it. I mean, the thing is to me, I don't know why people are complaining about first light calling it too big because if you play it right, you can see people in the first three seconds. You can rush the middle. You can rush at their spawn. You can make it a smaller map. I get that you can use your sparrow and run away, but it can still be a smaller map. In all the games I've played so far this weekend, I have never gone to the flag. And that could just be unique to me and the way I'm playing. But like I said, I've never gone to the flag. And I went to the flag mainly at least once every game during spooky trials because people like to sit in corners. Um, I I think it's a big F you from Bungie because everybody was complaining about the fact that, oh, shotguns are 25% of kills. Shotguns are a big problem. Shotguns, shotguns, shotguns. And I was like that. I, I didn't like that many shotguns. So Bungie was like, hey, um, well, now uh, you can use snipers. Have fun. And, you know, it's I'm OK with it. We'd never had it as a map. Um, I don't see it playing bad. I think if you're complaining, you just need to take a break from this game. I uh, like I know Crafty spends probably 48 hours a weekend streaming trials and like kudos to him. He's doing an awesome job carrying people to the lighthouse. But if you're getting that upset with the game, you're not having fun anymore. It's excuse me. It's not because of the map. It's because you're just not having fun at this current time. So take a break. It's okay to take a break every now and then for a week or two and then come back to it at another time. It's it's no different than playing, say, a Widow's Court. The only difference is Widow's Court is based around a square. This one is in a straight line. And I, I get that people may not like that. Some people are camping and stuff. But at, at the end of the day, it's just a map. It's just a weekend of trials. Get over it. Have a good time if you can. If you can't, then wait till next weekend. Iron Banner is going on right now. Go play Iron Banner. Um, the Axis Challenge just came out. It's the first week of that. Go do the Axis Challenge. If you don't want to do PvE stuff, fine. There are a bunch of other great games right now. Out. Play those for a weekend. It's not that big a deal. Um, people really need to stop complaining about Trials every single weekend. Bungie has come out and said now that they want to add new modifiers to Trials. They want to do new things in Trials. So things like this are going to keep happening. So if you complain every single weekend, you're just going to get tired and you start hating the game. So please just just stop complaining. Enjoy it if you can. If you don't, take a break. I kind of hope that they put Bastion next week or Skyshock to have it, even more. Okay, so I haven't played these huge maps in a long time. Um, Bastion, is that the one on Mars with all the different caves? That's the large one on Mars that you can do the... the um... Yeah, there there are the caves, and then you can use your speeder and right. and and the devastator. No, not devastator. Whatever it's called, the tank. Yeah, no, I think that'd be fun. That map's got some great sight lines and some some pretty interesting indoor style caves too. That I think would be fun to play on. And my my thing is an interceptor. By the way, is what you're thinking of. Yeah. But um, my my thing that I wanted that didn't happen, but I thought would have been awesome if. Instead of heavy ammo spawning, an interceptor spawns on that round. That would have been <laughs> awesome. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, the, uh, either Skyshock or, or Bastion next week. That would just drive people up the wall. <laughs> well, I, I mean, to me, like it's just if you're gonna put the smallest maps as trials, if you're gonna play on Drifter, if you're gonna play on Anomaly, if you're gonna play on Cauldron, why can't we have the biggest maps on trials too? Like. Why not throw some variety in there? It's It doesn't matter if it's a big map and people are going to snipe, if it's a small map or people are going to shotguns. 
Trials of Osiris is about being the best overall PvP players, so test everybody's overall skill. Agreed. All right. Uh, anything else you wanted to throw in with regards to this week over here at In Orbit, David? Well, one final thought. Um, if you are looking for tier 12, because yeah, I, I did this this week for a couple different pieces on my different characters. If you're looking for tier 12 and you got some time to spare, and I'm talking it could take a couple hours. It took me 45 minutes to do it to my first arm piece. If you go into your book, you can take one of those packages that drops, say, arms. So then you get the arms. Then you infuse up. So take a 400 piece that you're not going to use or 390, whatever you are. Infuse up that piece. See what your intellect discipline or discipline strength or intellect strength is at. If it's not tier 12, then buy another package. Infuse the one you just used into that one. Check it out. And you can do it over and over and over again. And you can get tier 12 on all your characters, all your armor. A really cheap way by doing that. And then you can then replace it with other tier 12 you get if you don't like the look of it but i really liked some of the look of the iron uh days gear so that's what i was doing and now i have tier 12 pieces on a lot of my characters i didn't have before so fun little tip you've got time to spare and you want to be tier 12 there you go all right so david why don't you go ahead and wrap this bad boy up well, as always, we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit, let you know we are available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure you spread the word. The best way to do this is to share In Orbit with others. We're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, and we also have an RSS feed. Uh, links to all these are available for each platform right on the Mash Those Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Make sure to t- stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. And make sure to check out the other shows on Mash Those Buttons Network at mashthosebuttons.com slash shows to see all of our podcasts. For any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule for all scheduling details. All right, you can check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, facebook.com slash mash shows buttons, youtube.com slash mash shows buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me as always on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt and streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming screen names at GoToNRG on all locations. Make sure to contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, What is in my future is my destiny. And on behalf of the entire In-Orbit team, David, Jarrett in the back, and myself, we thank you for listening to our show. And as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. 
on Monday, November 14th, Jorge and David transmit in orbit, talking about the Axis Challenge, Clever Dragon, and Iron Banner Control. On Tuesday, November 15th, Nick, Ray, Jeremy, and Eric talk the latest in World of Warcraft on WoW Talk. They're talking more about Patch 7.1.5 and more on Patch 7.2. On Wednesday, November 16th, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. This week, they're talking their thoughts on Sombra and misguided changes to leveling. On Friday, Mike, Rob, and Luke bring you SitRep Radio, talking the latest in the division and the state of the game. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.